And we're back from our break. We're not going to waste any time. We got a long night ahead of us. So we're going to get into our favorite soundtracks of 2021. Same order, Josh, Rich, me. And we're going to be doing top three. I think that this one's going to go a little bit faster than the last category, just simply because not playing the tracks. And some of these, I have a feeling from the favorite song, will be popping back up on your guys' list. So I'm excited to see this. I don't know your guys' top three. So, Josh, your number three pick of favorite soundtrack for 2021. I mean, I think you might know it. Um, there, there was some, you, you want some foreshadowing. You, you like when we guess, don't you? Well, no, but... Um, <laughs> no, I don't. It, uh, third favorite, number three this year, is Kenna. Bridge of Spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just kind of... Yeah, like, I mean... Makes sense. For, for all the reasons I mentioned earlier, um, the soundtrack is just outstanding. I love how percussive um, a lot of the melodies are. A lot, a lot of um, the tracks have more... Um, physical is like obviously the all what all all basically all instruments are physical but it like it 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 feels grounded in the world it feels like sounds coming from the place you're in um that that's sort of a physical i get what you're saying yeah um Uh, like when you're playing like a lot of wind instruments or stringed instruments they they can emulate certain aspects of the real world, but it also feels artificial where something like a percussive instrument feels so much yeah. closer to something you would hear, you know, like a, a mm-hmm. rock tumbling down a cliff. You yeah. know, that's yeah. That's something that's and that's, vi- that's not viable. It's it's visceral. Yeah, and, and that's throughout this soundtrack. It is it's one that I've listened to outside of the game a ton since it came out because it's just such a such a fun way to feel like you're going right back into that world just because the music feels so connected to it Um, right yeah i i was very pleasantly surprised by how much i kind of like i said before even surprised within the game itself like like it just it, it felt so natural that like it's it like it just it just didn't even register for a while and then I was like okay like why am I humming all these songs that I've not noticed the songs this whole time how am I humming them all um and it's just they're they're that that good um yeah I will say that I love the fact that it uses a lot of percussive elements because I don't think a lot of people associate percussion such as drums or timpanis things like that with melody and it's it's very like I understand the average person isn't going to think that way, but it's it's incorrect to think that way because you're all idiots. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm just saying they probably don't have enough That's knowledge what I'm saying. on that. Drums can be very melodic if you know what you're doing and how to orchestrate that. And that's cool that a soundtrack like Kenna was able to do that. Yeah. Cool. Josh's number three pick. Dope as hell. Kenna, Bridge of Spirits. Not unexpected. Rich, your number three pick for favorite soundtrack of 2021. Do you want us to guess or you want to just say it? Do you want, you want to take a guess? 
Yeah, see, I knew someone here would like us to guess. I'm, I love when we guess. I don't like when we don't guess. Guess Always away. Fun. Guess away. Uh, your number three pick. So I'm trying to think about the games you played this year along with the songs. That you, I would say I'm going to go Guardians of the Galaxy as your number three pick. And it I'm almost wrong. was. It almost I could, was. I could see on your face was like, ah, oh, so close. No, I feel bad because you were so close because at a point it was, and it's kind of my number four, okay, um, Josh, like unofficially. I felt very in line with the unofficially part of it because like so much of what I thought was, I mean, not, not that the soundtrack written for the game is bad at all, but... The fake band is really good. That's yeah, the kind fake of what band almost is put really it on my good. list for me. Um, but then a lot... I was not as big of a fan of like some of the Marvely type, you know, orchestral stuff that is very sparingly. I, I like used that stuff, but it, but it feels like low hanging fruit because people know those melodies and yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's so hard not to get into you know all the licensed music and all the all all the actual. Um, Star Lord yeah. music, like turns the, out Billy Idol is good. No, go right, figure. Right, <laughs> maybe Cyber Shadow then was your number three. You fucking nailed it. There it goes. Cyber Shadow, my most video gamey pick. Um, kind of for all the reasons we talked about Cyber Shadow earlier. It it, it uh brings me back to that uh SNES and Sega Genesis era of just like super fast paced actiony chiptune stuff. It is. One of the reasons when I was playing Cyber Shadow, because it is a, especially at some spots, like a very difficult game, mm-hmm. the music is one of the things that carries you through a game like that at a point. Like, even when it's kicking your yeah, ass, you're just yeah. vibing to that, that chiptune soundtrack, and you're just like, go again, go again, go again. And it, it's such an impart, important part of the formula for games like that. Um, Definitely makes it's you want to keep playing it when you're frustrated. Exactly. Yep. Exactly, yeah. and it is another one of those soundtracks that, like, I have Google Alerts set up waiting for somebody to announce it's being pressed to vinyl. Right? That's awesome. That's a great pick, man. Um, like I said, Cyber Shadow almost cracked my top three, but it did not. So, great pick for your number three. My number three pick for favorite soundtrack of 2021 is Genesis Noir. I'll let you guys guess the other two. That one I just want to get out of the way real quick. Outside right. of uh, the song that we talked about before, I love a lot of the jazz instrumentation in this because I love that noir setting. It's very obviously nostalgic, but also it's something you don't see a lot in 2021. So it felt refreshing to kind of hear this somber jazz soundtrack, but also there'd be moments where it was unexpectedly upbeat and not quite big band style like um like that track from Psychonauts 2, but it it had its moments where it kind of took you through yeah. the ebb and flow there's of what a, was going on in the story. There's some kind of like precursors to that, a lot of the like small bar band type jazz yeah. in there that kind of gives you that well, you know, like you said before, that noir aesthetic. It's, that, yeah, I think that goes hand in hand with the noir vibe. Like, having not even played that game, just mm-hmm. knowing that aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like, imagine you are in the 1950s. It's pouring rain, pissing rain. You have your, your overcoat. You have your, your hat. You walk in. 
to kind of this what appears to be hole in the wall and maybe there are like five people in the bar and a band playing just kind of some yeah simple jazz tunes and that's all, not entirely the soundtrack but that's a lot of what it is and yeah that's I really the, like that vibe yeah kind of like we mentioned with the framing that's that's a lot of the stuff around it is is got that really really noir feel to it and then because of how much scope they've got you you get you get some really cool stuff taking that in yeah. new directions well yeah because also it's playing with like we talked about the like those cosmic underpinnings the, oh, yeah. that the, those that universe aspect that there is some interesting directions that it goes oh yeah sonically so that was my number three pick no doubt this year so um, good so good number two pick josh for your favorite soundtrack of 2021 rich you want to hazard a guess as to what it was <sighs> i'm I don't gonna guess eastward yes yeah i think i think i tipped rich off to my my method earlier on which anyway um, I think I think I know all three of your picks. Yeah, at this no, point. you should by this point. But yes, Eastward, as we kind of mentioned earlier with our it, it coming up so many times at this point, Eastward has a soundtrack it's not that over is yet. really, really inspired by a lot of old, you know. <sighs> It's not. It's not just like old SNES music everywhere. It's got because so it does many... more with it than they could. Like it, it takes notes of that, but does so much more with it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think it takes from it what it did the best in a lot of ways. Which I kind of, I, I feel like I kind of was kind of going with my pick earlier on with that that strange quest track from it, which is very much, yeah. um an old school upbeat like adventure track um that just it, it gets you ready for anything um yeah but there's so much in there that is just atmospheric and just like emotionally resonant um with with everything going on in um in in the whole game that that as far as another like reason to keep playing a game that game has about the best game over music i've ever heard um it's it's some it's somehow it's it's somehow sad and hopeful Kind of at the same time, it it feels when you hear it like you can do this. Um, I like, think that's like, the the magic of that game. The highs are as good as the lows, like tonally mm-hmm. in terms of like evoking that emotion, and the music's a big part of that. Yes, absolutely. It's it's so 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 good. Um, yeah, interesting. I, I, I think having just the the breadth that it does really really helps with that it is a fantastic soundtrack and um 
I'm I'm not gonna add too much to it because I have a feeling it's gonna pop up somewhere else. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, great pick for your number sure. two, Rich. Your number two <laughs> pick for 2021 <laughs> favorite soundtrack game of the year. Uh, I, I I think I know what it is, but you know what? Go for it. My number two is Death's Door. Okay, I don't know what it is. <laughs> that surprised me. Um, yeah, that uh, obviously we already talked a little bit about this. Again, there's something that that soundtrack does. Like, Death's Door is a game about death and about like ex- it harps on that theme so much of like accepting death and having a respect for it. And the soundtrack just. It's somber, but it's epic, and it has, like, those crazy guitar solos and all these crazy instrumental pieces. And the track I showed in the last uh, section, Grandma, the first boss fight, um, I think just shows what it does so well musically, like, all these crazy time signatures and stuff. But with each area, it every area feels like it has, like, a musical theme to it in terms of the different themes you hear inside a dungeon and the areas outside a dungeon. And then every boss fight takes all of those things and just combines them and ramps it up to 11, which Mm -hmm. just makes the music, like, stand out even more so Um, from those, like, slightly somber tones all the way up to those epic fucking electric guitar riffs as you're trying to take down a giant snow monster or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Is some shit the other, um, another type of monster that you experience in that game? Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely it is. It reminds <laughs> me a lot from what little I've heard from the soundtrack, a lot of uh, Hades in some ways. It's got, it's got the theatricality to it in a, in a similar way. Um, oh, that's, that is a great way of wording that, I think. Um, a spe- Bombastic is the word I would use. Well, yeah, like it, it, goes, it goes as hard whenever it starts going there. Like there's some other tracks... Oddly enough, going back to Rich's Spotify list, there there's some like sea shanties in there, and yeah. like feeling it. It's yeah, I I, I, I feel like theatrical is the right word for it. It 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 um it does a good job of getting across that like kind of like I mentioned with with Kana before with the feeling of place really well, um and, and yeah. not 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 the place alone but like kind of the place and the story of this place like what's what's going on here um um like there's a every corner of that world to the uh does uh, feel like it has a story the office is kind of the bureaucratic you know um the reapers office yeah reapers offices with all the crows doing their doing their paperwork there that just you get it like you feel that just from the music and then, yeah, no, that, that game's great at building a world, and the music's a big part of that, immediately making me think of The Crow's Office, and I want this in every game going forward, because I think it's just such a great pick. In in those Crow's Offices, I always know your character has his desk, and when yeah. you find collectibles in that game, they are at your desk. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great choice, Rich. Number two, Death's Door. My number two pick is... I'll let you guys guess this one. Ooh. Flynn, son of crimson. No, no. Okay, good guess. Ooh. I'm trying to think what all you've played. 
if I can give you a hint so we can speed yeah, it up. Yeah, this could a take bit. a while. Uh, think about the pattern you guys have kind of gone in with, All right, especially kinda, with our favorite that's songs. That's kind of what I was thinking. This might be this might might be a Psychonauts two on there. That would be yeah, yeah. the pick for number two. Oh yeah, yeah, that's um, really good. Yeah, that soundtrack is phenomenal. It it has more range than Genesis Genesis Noir, despite having some similarities with like big band or jazz in the game. There are also different tracks as well, and they they span different genres. And that's what I really like about this soundtrack is somehow it has all of these different themes and all of these different ideas and genres all blended together. Yet, if you play the game, it makes perfect sense how they coexist together. Mm-hmm. And it all kind of comes back to that feeling, like I said, with the song of it reminds me of watching a cartoon in the 90s or playing PS1 games in the 90s. It reminds me of playing something like, um, like Gex Center the Gecko kind of in some ways, in terms of the music. No, nothing yeah. else about the game is similar to that. Just like musically, it's kind of, it reminds me of things like that. You know, that, that even makes sense because a lot of the tone was kind of decided over 15 years over ago. At this, yeah, yeah, at this point. Um, and so, yeah, like the, like the main theme comes back. A lot of that, it is yeah, in a fact lot of that, the like, sequel kinda, to a PS2 game. Yes. Like there's, there's almost like a, there's almost like you can tell there's a lot of Danny Elfman in, inspiration to a lot of the a lot of the themes, especially the ones coming over from, um, you know, the original Psychonauts. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, that's it's such a good soundtrack. Um, they, they they've only got yeah. the first volume like uh, released so far. Um, it yeah, looks like I it's going to have I'm at least one more that. volume <laughs> that I am excited yeah, yeah, I was... excited to finally. Well, I was I was actually listening to the soundtrack yesterday as I was walking back to my place from work, and I was like, "Wait, where's the rest of this?" Right? Oh, fuck! I want more. Oh. Yeah, because it's a phenomenal soundtrack, and I know it's maybe people consider it cheating as it's a two-parter, but um, <laughs> sure, just volume one then. Favorite soundtrack? No, I mean, I, I was two- assuming from the game itself. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that's you can count exactly how I view it. Yeah. Um, as we've kind of discussed before in the past, but yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I, I love the soundtrack. I don't have much to add to what I've already added when I talked about it. Um, what was it? What was the song name? I'm spacing it. Feeling Lucky Tonight mm-hmm. from Psych- Psychonauts 2. Phenomenal soundtrack. So if you like that that song, go check it out because it goes places. That's not the only style that you or genre you will hear it is a great soundtrack from this year so josh let's break it down your number one pick of favorite soundtrack of 2021 is rich yes i don't know man this is pretty (laughs) tough uh i don't know what could it be i refuse to guess you have to say yeah i don't refuse to guess anyway surprising no one at this point Chicory, a colorful tale, is just ah, excellent. That, was my that would have been my choice. guess. Mm-hmm. Mine was going to be MLB's The Show 2022 or 22. That's m- don't spoil it. That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, fucking jerk. Sorry. There's, there's. 
this this soundtrack is just so intimately recorded um the 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 way it's the way it's put together so thoughtfully um really makes a lot of the the melodies just stand out um because of um how close they feel like a lot a lot of these were a lot if not all i'd have to i'd have to look to see if she said anything about it but were recorded from home by different soloists um you know that she had to have like all right let's give you this piece and kind of send me back your audio type stuff um yeah and because of that um you get this i mean not just because of that like the 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 themes themselves are excellently written to just make you really just kind of connect on a personal level to the story in this game to the the different characters um but the music itself really helps with that with the um Lena Rain I I I'm pretty sure recorded all the keys herself on this and the close miking of the piano in those tracks is just excellent um being able to hear the the working mechanisms of a piano in a track in a game is really special it's something you don't get very often and it it even adds its own kind of percussive element just hearing the pedals move hearing the strings um the hammers resetting um it's it's really really a special sound to it um and kind of kind of as you heard from the two tracks earlier there's a lot of really interesting instrumentation in it um with you know harpsichords and instruments you don't hear a lot of um that are used in really really impressive ways um coming together so well um to kind of create a sound that um it feels nostalgic kind of on on more than one level um mm. it's 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 really it's really special it's just a great soundtrack um and, and then on top of that like i kind of mentioned before with some of the boss themes that are just ridiculously just absolutely on fire um that just kind of come up out of that um it's it's really cool. It's really neat. Um, Hell yeah. It's a solid pick, man. Um, the two tracks that I've heard at this point I really like, and I'm definitely going to have to go <laughs> listen to that soundtrack now. Oh, yeah. So, Josh's number one pick for favorite soundtrack of 2021 is Chicory, A Colorful Tale. Mm-hmm. So, Rich, um, do you want us to guess, or do you want to just say it? Do you want, I, I think you know what it is. <laughs> well, try and convince me. I'm going to pretend like it's not Eastward and try and convince me um, that it's something else. It's, it's not Eastward. It isn't? No, I'm kidding. It's Eastward. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> that worked so much better than I expected. It was very <laughs> convincing. I can legitimately believe that. <laughs> I was like, I'll just play along, but you got me. 
it's it's Death Stranding director's cut. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Fuck you. (laughs) Not not for the getting me for the Death Stranding bit. No, no. The, the, you know, it's going to be really funny when we have our first podcast in January and I talk to you guys about how I think I actually misjudged Death Stranding. Um, anyway. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to be absent yeah, that week. It's, I'll host. It's fine. Um, Eastward, uh, yeah, is my number one pick. Uh, I don't want to harp on this for too long because we talked about this game a lot already, but Eastward brings together, like, kind of the best of that old era of video games where like you have tracks that bounce from like the super bombastic let's go get him off to adventure like saturday morning cartoon like old final fantasy feeling stuff and then to these like really somber melodic stuff that just meshes with the gorgeous art in that game and the overall atmosphere every track on that soundtrack is fucking phenomenal but there's so many that just like stick in my head and have been in my Spotify rotation like as the years gone on because it's just so good. Everything is everything on that soundtrack is amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Couldn't agree with you more, Richard. So 21 2021's favorite soundtrack number one pick for Rich is Eastward. All right, and my number one pick, I will give you guys the option if you so want it to try and choose. You're, this one's going to be a little out of left field. That's your, that's your one. Oh, hint. it's Forza Horizon 5. No. You sure? Did you say Forza Horizon 5? Yeah. No, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what it could be then. Hmm. Flynn, son of Crimson again. No, no. <laughs> so, uh, just gonna guess that every time. Yeah, just every time. No matter. So, the Fantasia. remake of Mist. I don't, I don't think he played no. that one. No, was... no, I didn't play yeah, that one. Yeah, he didn't. No. Uh, well, what about your boy. MacBook? That's it. Really? Was I, I, I yep. got it. All right. I, I, I thought that might Good be job. up there. Good job, Josh. Woo. Well done. Yeah, Narita Boy was my number one pick. Um, I liked a lot of the songs off of that soundtrack, but the ones that I had picked for my top three stuck out to me a little bit more. Narita Boy is very similar to that of something like Cyber Shadow, where there's a lot of synthwave influence. But where I think those two diverge uh, is that Narita Boy sounds more along the synthwave element and less mm. up on the video gamey element of it, where... The opposite, yeah, yeah. I feel like, would be true. And the thing yeah, that's I definitely re- a fair criticism. Not, not even criticism, but a fair distinction, because they're both yeah, good f- for totally different reasons. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And for me, one of the things that really stuck out for me about this album, besides the fact that, that it's Synthwave, and I absolutely love Synthwave, is the production of it. Now, I'm not huge into production, so I can't put into specific words exactly what it is that I like, but what I do like and how I can best describe it is basically it doesn't sound clean when you're listening to it. Like it doesn't sound overproduced. It actually sounds like it was an old recording kind of dug up from a previous era of different technology. And because of that, it seems like it's just 
it's something that you picked up and it fits so well with the visual style as well because the game is gorgeous the art style is phenomenal but it also doesn't feel clean the art style feels like it's something that you picked up from a different era and i think that choice was intentional that both the visual style the art direction and the soundtrack kind of fit together in that way that it it feels like as if you were to find a time capsule pick it up find this game called narita boy don't know what the hell it is you put it into a system and you play it and you're like wow this is a relic from years ago but it still has modern sensibilities to it as well i don't want you to think like it's just it's nostalgia kind of carrying through that this through i mean that's going to be part of it to some extent but it just the way that the game feels modern yet it feels like a relic of the past is such a cool blend and the soundtrack really lent itself to that in a lot of ways so um yeah other than that i could say the typical stuff like i love synthwave uh, a lot of the tracks are really amazing and they get your your blood running your pulse moving I said that the opposite way, but I'm going to roll with it. Uh, <laughs> there are a lot of amazing boss themes in the game. Each area has its own cool track. I really <laughs> I really love um, the soundtrack a lot. So I don't want to say too much more on that. Leave it there. My number one pick for 2021's favorite soundtrack this year is Narita Boy. Woo! All right. Yeah. So one thing I should have mentioned before the show, before we go any further, or at the very start of the show, rather, is how we're gauging some of this stuff. Because I'm sure some people are like, well, wait, where's Halo Infinite? What about Solar Ash? Well, last year we tried doing a format that we, we didn't... We tried it, but I don't think it worked for us personally quite the way we wanted it to so we decided this year we were going to keep a similar format but shift the time frame so basically um it's it's a little weird this year from january 1st to november 30th that's what is going to be fitting into this year's game of the year consideration next year when we do it it will be december 1st to november 30th so that will be correctly adjusted and it will be back to normal. And the reason why it's a little bit weird this year is because we actually recorded our Game of the Year shows in January. And um, so it kind of shifted things a little bit. So mm. whereas if we were under the normal format, Cyberpunk 2077 would be available for this year, but because we shifted it last year and made it available for talks for 2020's Game of the Year, that's why we're not including it. And that's Only also why we're not... this year. And it yeah. wasn't a good game anyway. To, to be honest... 2021 could, could could stand to have 11 months. I, I think we're doing you a favor. Just, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it had three. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's 11 months, but next year it, it will be back to the full 12 month rotation. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, uh, our, our times will be adjusted accordingly. It's a slightly weird year this year uh, for many reasons uh, outside of video gaming and what we're doing here. But this is no different. And I, and I should have brought that up at the beginning of the show. I had forgotten to mention it. So figured it's important to mention it better now than never. Shay, yeah. we should also probably mention that due to fluctuations in the space-time continuum, uh, several games from 1996 are also eligible. 
<laughs> well, you know what, Rich? I appreciate you because that's actually what the next category is going to be about. Favorite game that you played this year that wasn't released this year. That's a perfect segue. Woo! I don't know if you did Segways that. Segways are weird. I, I don't know if I, you did that on purpose or not, Rich. Are segues back? Is that a yeah. thing? I see cops on them all the time. Hmm. Well, I don't, well, actually. That's not true. <laughs> well, you may or may not see cops in our games that we choose for this category. So this category, like I said at the beginning of the show, we, after 2017, we kind of tabled it for a little while. This is the perfect year to bring it back. So without further ado, Josh, what is your favorite game that you played this year that wasn't released this year? Ooh. This one was kind of, a, kind of a tough one and kind of an easy one because there was a bunch of stuff this year that I played from other years. But I also kind of limited myself to stuff that I played the first time this right. year, just because I, I went back and played a lot of stuff kind of for comfort this year. Um, Otherwise, Overwatch would win every year. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's always a contender. You, you always have, you know, the, 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 the yearly replays of, of stuff like, you know, Chrono Trigger and, and whatnot. Shining Force. They're, unfortunately, Overwatch is currently disqualified under our sex offender policy. Exactly. Thank God for that. But yeah, what was your pick for this year? Uh, my pick for this year, excuse me, open to the right page, because there was a bunch on here. Um, <laughs> my pick for this year is actually Umarangi Generation, which is a photography game that came out last year that I didn't get around, was it last year or did it come out the year before that? Not this year. I believe it was last year. The Switch version came out this year. Yes, 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 the Switch version. Uh, anyway, yes. But Umaragi Generation is a photography game that I feel does that concept really well by giving you a framing device that makes the most sense that I've seen out of a lot of these sort of... There, there, are, there are a number of ways to go about, you know scoring something like a photo game um and the the framing in this one is essentially you are submitting these photographs for money to like uh, uh, they, they never say exactly but like it's kind of implied like an outside paper like you're you're selling your photos to the you know foreign foreign yeah, sure. press sort of a thing or maybe not even foreign press but you know, seems definitely like, you know, they want certain things and, and they don't want others. It could, it could very well be your own press, but there's kind of a heavily, heavy implication given the UN presence and whatnot that it's just, you know, these other countries don't want to see how bad things actually are. They, they want to see how their boys are, are doing such a good job. In um, other news today, we had enough food. It, exactly. Um, but... Within that, um, the creativity is kind of all left to you. Like, you're not scored on whether it looks good or not. You're kind of scored on whether or not it has the thing in it that they want to see. And none sure. of that icky other stuff that you really, you shouldn't put any of that in the picture because, Well, that I mean, garbage, John. Yeah, like, we want to show a complete picture of what's going on there, and that is just not part of that complete picture. Um, we, we don't want to see any of that. and. It's, it is w w kind of within that setup, 
gives you a really just beautiful creative world to to explore to kind of show what you want to show of it um but still always thinking kind of with that framing of like okay like i kind of want to show this picture but uh yeah they're not going to pay me as much cuz it's it's got this stuff in it that they don't want to see um and it it's that was the best sci-fi game that came out that year by by a fairly large margin i think and not enough people played it um it's it is ridiculously ridiculously solid uh the music is great the art style is a really cool um almost like uh, kind of in the like jet set radio sort of i got vibes. those vibes looking at it the art um, yeah it's it is so good it is such such an amazing story that's told basically wordlessly by having you explore well, i mean not completely wordlessly like people write graffiti and stuff you'll find text written but like you know no dialogue it's just you seeing the world it's like it, it's actual environmental storytelling like you taking pictures and and telling a story um by doing that um really outstanding cool were you at all prompted to play this game because of pokemon snap dropping um i actually started it kind of getting prepared for that like uh last year i played pinko park which is basically just it it's Pokemon Snap. It was just it came out before that, um, which was really good. And I was kind of in the mood for more photography games, but hadn't found a lot of them yet. And then I got to this one, kind of beginning, beginning of this year, um, kind of following up on that thread. Uh, and it is so so good. Hmm. Okay. Fair enough. Well, there you go. Umarangi Generation was Josh's pick for this year. Rich, your favorite game that you played this year that wasn't released in 2021 is? Uh, yeah, so similarly to Josh, I was thinking in terms of not stuff I replay every year because I have a few things on a short list of that or like comfort gaming, uh, but something that is not a new game that I put a ton of time into this year, and that was Deep Rock Galactic. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Dwarves Darkness Danger, baby. Um, if you've tuned into any of our streams, you've probably caught Josh and I playing Deep Rock Galactic at some point. Um, it is a cooperative online game where you play as dwarves mining asteroids, essentially, for materials and fighting invasive bugs. That game has an amazing amount of support. They're constantly dropping new content. They just dropped a huge patch that put in a bunch of new weapons. Um, and a bunch of new uh a new game mode that game is just feels infinitely replayable and the yeah. uh the team over there keeps coffee stain studios keeps dropping a ton of new stuff it's got a weird great aesthetic that feels like you know traditional fantasy dwarves meets like starship troopers it's yeah, it's so fun to play. It's something Josh and I have been streaming, and Shay, you you had done it uh, two or three times. I want to say with us, 
uh, or you can just kind of bullshit. It's the same, very Left 4 Dead in its vibes, but it feels to me infinitely more replayable than Left 4 Dead was back in the day. Yeah. I think there are more like random opportunities in that game versus something like a Left 4 Dead. It's more akin to something like a Sea of Thieves. There, it's about as much fun as you make of it. Uh, I'd say it's a little bit faster paced than something like a Sea of Thieves, but yeah, I would agree with you. Yeah, that uh, the aesthetic, the tone, everything about that game is, it's just really good. I believe, it, it for anyone who's even remotely interested in this and doesn't know what it is, I believe it is still on Game Pass. Uh, I is. think so. I've not seen it go off of there, but I've also not it looked is. in a little while. Yeah. It's still there. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, if you just want to, you know, experiment with weird beers that, that you, can, you can get your dwarf drunk in between missions and there's weird beer licenses you can unlock that have, like, weird effects. Um, <laughs> it's such a weird, great, and well-polished game that it appears is going to be, continue to be supported for a very long time, and I, I absolutely adore it. Absolutely. Mm. That, was, that was another one kind of floating yeah. around. Yeah, floating around like we we've had a ton of fun with that this year. It is in a lot of ways, kind of like you mentioned before. It it's kind of what I wanted from Back for Blood. Um, yeah, more so. And we played some Back for Blood, and then ended up going back to Deep Rock Galactic. Yeah, yeah. It's just I I feel like the you know the having randomly generated. Um, or procedurally generated um, cave systems to explore whenever you are going into these missions helps a lot so you don't feel like you're kind of retreading the same ground over and over again yeah like I mean it's it is something that you're kind of you get familiar enough with that you can kind of not completely do it on autopilot but you can zone out enough to to talk with your friends, to to hang out while you're playing this game. Yeah. But I kind of... It also, it also keeps like, you more on your toes. Yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like there's enough new and surprising stuff to these missions that you're not completely tuning it out. Like, it's, it's, it's rewarding enough on its own that, frankly, even playing it by yourself, it's just that solid of a game that it's, it's still yeah. enjoyable like that. Like... I cannot I imagine trying to play Back for Blood by myself. Um, yeah, no, and I've I've played a fair amount of Deep Rock alone, just because I'm like oh, I need to grind out this weapon license or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I also think the game mode variance is what sets it apart from stuff like that. Whereas Back for Blood or Left for Dead, it's basically unless you're doing the the actual competitive multiplayer, it's more so along the line of, eh, we're going from point A to point B. Whereas Deep Rock can you can keep kind of shaking it up, you know, you're mining for a specific resource you're protecting an oil rig you're you're uh you know covering the drill dozer as you go in to extract a core from the center of this mine like there's so much variance in the gameplay there's a whole new game mode that we still haven't tried yet because i just finished unlocking it and yeah. uh <laughs> we want to get around to doing that 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 game it's so good absolutely hmm. fair enough okay well deep rock galactic a game that swept Josh's and Rich's bodies into a mixture of asteroids and mining. There you have it. Rock my and stone. Game, my, game, my favorite game that I played this year that wasn't released this year, to no one's surprise, was A Plague Tale. Innocence. All right. Innocence? Oh, okay. 
I absolutely love that game. Um, I think that game is critic critically and criminally underrated for many reasons. Um, I think, and I, 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 I talked about it a lot when we did our Chomping After Dark, but to kind of give an abridged version of that, and you guys can check that out at your convenience if you like what I have to say here. I think it does what the, the, the formula that Naughty Dog has set up much better. Uh, Naughty Dog's cinematic gameplay or cinematic storytelling within gameplay. I think that this game did it much better, in my personal opinion. Not to say that overall it's a better product than something that Naughty Dog has put out, but I I definitely like the way that this game told its story. It yeah. it was very engrossing. I did not expect to like this game as much as I did. And I feel like I mechanically that kind of it comes together a little bit more cohesively. That too. That's a really well, good sorry, point. Sorry, sorry. Well, no, yeah. I, was, I was trying to trying to build off of what you were saying, but like that narrative storytelling. Sometimes, like the stealth sections in those Uncharted games, kind of feel like they're not particularly punishing. Like I, I, I felt directly connected in a Plague Tale more often. Sometimes because it was harder and you'd fail it a bunch of times, but like you kind of, I don't know. No, I agree with you. I think about Uncharted 4, which was my only real experience with that series. And I played both of the Last of Us games, the main ones, I should say. And I think one of the things I think about to Uncharted 4 is the point where you're climbing along that rocky face. It's very Assassin's Creed-like. And it has some relevance to what you're doing in the story, but it's such a slow part of you just like five minutes, 10 minutes trying to climb across these uh, cliff faces. And it doesn't quite feel as connected to the, the story. Is that the part in Scotland? Hmm? Is that the part in Scotland? Oh, I don't even mansion. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. It's like, yes, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, but I, I think it doesn't feel quite as connected. Whereas like, for example, when you are solving a puzzle in the barn in a plague tale and the rats, it's dark out and the rats are coming, but you're, you're, you're solving it with a purpose because you're trying to get this particular item. And I'm trying to be non-spoilery <laughs> here. That's yeah. why I'll be vague. You're trying to get a specific item to prevent the rats from eating you and your companion. Um, and there's a reason why you're trying to speed up in that particular area. And it's, it's like, yes, there's puzzles. Yes, you have to deal with rats and whatnot, but it all is so much better connected to the story. So I don't, I don't want to harp too much on Naughty Dog, and Josh was doing a really good thing of helping me explain that a little bit better. Uh, but that's one of the reasons why I really like the game this year. On top of that, I really enjoyed the historical aspects that they brought into the game talking about the hundred years war and the crusade during that time which i didn't know a lot about on top of that Mm. uh during that point in time when the bubonic plague or the black plague whatever you want to call it has many different names was happening and it was kind of crazy that i chose to play it at the time i did because i had covid during the summer (laughs) and i was really down and out and on top of that um that's when we here did it give you magic powers Yes, I wish. Um, 
but that was when we were in the midst of our third and most vicious wave here in Japan to date. So obviously there was some parallelism happening within the game versus current world situation. Obviously, um, I did hear the evil Pope was trying to take over Japan around that time. It's mm-hmm. true, man. It's true with the prima macula. Yeah, I'm glad the Warriors of Light managed to kill him, though. That's good. <laughs> right? But I, it was interesting because it caused me, this game caused me to go research a little bit about the bubonic plague and learn about what happened during that, that time frame. And I'm not going to recount that here because obviously I don't want to change this into a preachy thing about current day life. This, this is more to be a I'd love to start a podcast where we do that. That'd be dope. <laughs> but... Uh, I just think that this game mechanically is fantastic. The voice acting in this game is top notch. And it's something I don't usually point out about a game as being like top tier quality. This game deserves a mention for that. It has some of the best voice acting in any any video game I've ever played. Um, It's really solid. It's it's kids. Kids are always. I don't know if they're actually this hard to cast, but it seems like they're very hard to cast given, you know, just life experience with yeah. a lot of media. But it's really Or maybe good we're learning in a plague tale. Because I feel like the past few years, stuff like that has been getting better. Like I, I, the first time I ever noted mm-hmm. being like, I don't hate this child. I think this is good casting was the kid who was Atreus in God of War. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you hate him. But for the reasons they want you but to. But no, no, correctly. Exactly. He's, he feels annoying when he's supposed to be fucking annoying. And not just all the time, by accident. And this game does the same thing really well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, they, they voice casted very well. Uh, the story is very engrossing. It's not a particularly long game, but it's long enough to where you feel satisfied. And the way it ends is such a great, way to end because the sequel is going to be coming out presumably next year if oh, there are no wait. delays and i'm really excited for that game the, the mechanics are really too. fun in this game it just the streets. is something that i had put on my list to come back to for years and i you know i had nothing to do for two weeks so i was like what better time than now yep and i'm really glad i did oh yeah. so uh i want to briefly mention what would have been it was it was neck and neck and i decided pretty much at the last minute for a plague tale but the messenger was also on my list oh yeah um that's another those are the only two yeah that game is phenomenal and that's again another game that doesn't get the the credit it deserves you know i recently in the past week or two i've been watching a lot of uh some writers really tried to champion it uh, (laughs) one brilliant one who works for this podcast but um, I, I've been watching some compilations of best indie games in the past 10 years, best indie games of this particular year, best indie games in this genre. Mm-hmm. And Messenger is consistently left out or it's at the bottom of the list. And that pisses me off because it it's is so good. It's so fucking good. And I, I have a few friends that I privately tried to convince to play that game and they, they've ignored me. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you here now, play that fucking game. <laughs> it's phenomenal. And they've released some free content with that on top of that. Oh, yeah. You know, in an era where people complain about having to pay for DLC and shit like that, you know, free th- DLC. This game gave you. 
gave you some free content. Yeah. So free and, content. And it's really good too. Like that that game Oh my god. The movement in that game is just some of the most satisfying movement. Just the platforming with the, the oh the kind of the it conceit just flows of, so well. of refreshing your jump whenever you hit something with an attack. So good. And they just they do amazing things with it in the in the game proper. And then that DLC hits and they're like, we're doing all the crazy shit that we didn't think anyone would be able to finish in the in the main game. And it's it's just it's nuts. It's so good. Goes the extra mile with it, yeah. And all the music we talked about on this podcast, I immediately think of Bamboo Bugaloo comes to the, the 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 track that rocks the hardest from the messenger. Yeah. That soundtrack oh. is outstanding. The whole game. Yeah. Whole game. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So um unfortunately I had to decide between the two and it came down to a plague tale, but I can see no that mistake. going either way. Yeah, yeah exactly. I absolutely love both of those games. I'm glad we mentioned both because there's an argument in either direction. Mm-hmm. And yep. part of me as a joke wrote down, uh, when you said best game I played this year, you didn't play this year. I was going to write when I replayed The Messenger in February. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh-huh. there, there could be a case made for that. Right. So, <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's it for that category. Next, we're going to be doing our brand new category, one of the new ones, most accessible game of this year. I think that's something, like I said uh, at the beginning of the show, we need to be thinking about more as uh, gaming communities as a whole, is are games more accessible for people who have different disabilities or different um, just ability to sit down and play a game? You know, recently, the past few months, I've been so busy, I barely have time veg out on a game and halo infinite last weekend was one of those brief times so sometimes it comes down to like is is there enough are there enough difficulty settings to make this easier so i can still enjoy the game but not be bogged down for an hour or two by just trying to complete one part but is it still available to where if i do have more time i can play that way and all sorts of things kind of come into consideration with this so we left it intentionally vague because it's our first time doing it so, Josh, you're going to be kicking it off. You are kicking Ugh. off the brand new category first. Break like, it in for us. I feel like this year is gonna, it's a tough one. Like we did this last year cuz there were a few really standout games as far as accessibility went. And I feel like people have started to come around on They've it. learned from that. Yeah, yeah, this year I was really impressed by how many games uh took steps to address a lot of those issues. Um, just across the board, like I, there were few games that I played this year that hadn't addressed a lot of the issues that, that stopped people from enjoying games. Um, um, and I'm just, just kind of from a overarching perspective, big, big picture view there. Thanks. It's such a good change. Thanks, guys. Like, this is... We're kind of screwing the pooch on a lot of other stuff going on in the industry, but I'm really happy that this is turning around. Um, Isn't it funny, too, because it's one of those things, like, I don't use a ton of. Like, I have 90% of these features are things I never touch, but I always look, because I'm like, I'm glad this is here. 
Exactly, exactly. And I'm, yeah, there there was a lot of improvement across the board here. Um, that my my pick for this, however, is kind of still. I feel like Sony's still kind of kind of leading a lot of this, and I feel like one of the ones that kind of showed that off the best still was Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart that is kind of continuing to do a lot of the really cool things that that are kind of expected at this point and and that game still did all that really really well um it has it has a lot of the high contrast modes um and um difficulty options to be able to tune it the way you want to um Yeah, like it's it's it is it is a game that I can set up for my littlest kid to play. And he, you know, he enjoys that being able to, you know, sit down and play it and not instantly get killed, you know, anytime Have it fit like a playstyle is natural for him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's really it's nice to be able to do that. It's nice to be able to have the options there to to make it more visually legible if you, if you need that help as well. Um, yeah, I, I, I still feel like they're doing a great job kind of still, still stand out, even though a lot of the rest of the field has kind of been catching up. Hmm. Sure. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't pick chicory. Cause I know that's another good game that yeah. Chicory is another one that's up well. there. Um, Again, it's a smaller scale thing is kind of why I still went with the others, for, you know, as far as kind of <clears throat> who I assume might be playing the thing, sort of a consideration is kind of why I went with that. But Chicory also has a lot of good options for, you know, changing the combat, making it so you, you know, don't have to worry about dying in the combat and for having the the one the the big standout for Chicory that I really liked is that uh the way they handled the content warnings is is really good having pop-ups happen before a scene if you enable them um that kind of you know explaining explaining what's going to happen in this next scene instead of having kind of a blanket oh you'll see this at some point during the story um and I feel like that's a much more helpful way to handle that because almost no one's going to need a blanket trigger warning at the start of a game. Like, oh, we talk about this, 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 and that. It's, it's a matter of needing to prepare yourself for something that you've, you know, had a hard time living through when it's coming. So it's not blindsiding you. Um, right. And and having the option to, the game will pause, say this thing's coming up, you could, you know, go mentally prepare for it, uh, or skip it if you need to, um, kind of on a case-by-case basis, I think is a really good way to handle that as well. Cool. Um, and you know, so, so from that particular, you know, aspect of accessibility. I think they did an outstanding job on Chicory. 
And not, not that the rest of it is a slouch in any way, but I feel like that's, that's the standout part of it on this one. Hell yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, I think Rajan and Clake is also a great pick as well, and for the reasons that you mentioned. So, congrats to Ratchet and Clank, a rift apart for uh, breaking the ca- new category in. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Being cool Sorry, I had something in my throat there. Just trying to survive and get through it, but... Uh, Rich, what is your choice for most accessible uh, game of 2021? My pick is uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and for some similar reasons... Uh, to what Josh was saying earlier, if you really dig into the accessibility menus in Guardians of the Galaxy, and this is some of my favorite stuff to see, the way you can tune difficulty in this game, and it's becoming more and more the standard for a lot of games, is just insane. Like, the minutia of it, in terms of being able to craft it to the experience you want. Like, you can change the amount of damage being dealt to you. You can change how quickly and how intensely the AI reacts. You can change it how hard AI hits, like, there are basic difficulty settings in the same way there are in most games, but, like, then you can really just kind of get in and tweak the numbers and make it so enemies are hitting harder or they're hitting softer or they're, you know, less or more prone to take cover, stuff like that. Like, it just really lets you craft it to find a balance that works for you. And at the same junction, you can also just turn all the numbers up or turn all the numbers down. Um... And pretty much no matter what your comfort level is with video games, it, it feels like one of those games that you can find a sweet spot for yourself in where it's not necessarily a cakewalk, but enough of a challenge that you're you're having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting is um for those of you like I I've known about this website, but this is not any in any way, shape, or form the inspiration from it, but it's cool that this has become popular recently. Uh, a website called canIplaythat.com that's their whole focus uh talking about video games not exclusively video games but largely video games and accessibility and uh guardians of the galaxy got a really good score on that and there's a really good article talking about all the reasons why guardians is such a great game for that for accessibility so that makes perfect sense i I like and i like that you're mentioning that basically this is starting to become a an industry standard and I, I'm and it's going to give us more reason to start doing this category in the future, but I'm glad AAA games are really kind of taking that on finally, at least some of them and including that consideration into their games. I, I think it's important for the AAA market to pave the way in this solely because there's no budgetary excuse for why a game as big oh, as Marvel's yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy can't put these things in. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it becomes the standard in these big games, it's going to become more. It's going to become easier and easier for smaller games to do it. Yeah, because be- we're already going to know how to do it. A a the models there for people to figure out how to do it. B if it becomes a big enough thing, you've got to imagine that some of the engine makers are going to start making them easier to implement built that's yeah what I was yeah say. the Having technology will get better in. so mm-hmm. some of that older technology will trickle down and it'll become cheaper for indie developers or yeah. smaller developers to in- implement that as well mm-hmm. yep yeah cool well that's a great pick rich um i'm gonna go with one that's a little bit out of left field and it's it's like a half joking half serious um i'm going with biomutant as my choice for this year 
uh, the joking part of it is I'm so happy they introduced that patch to shut the fucking narrator up in this game. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's like serious, but also like it's a little tongue in cheek there. But in Are all serious, put in a patch to make the game fun. Well, see, Rich, here's the thing. I haven't slammed any of your guys' choices. Let's be a little well, bit the, more positive. The, this is game. No, of the, the year. episode's almost over. I had to get it in. Oh, well, you know what? That's something no woman ever wants you to do. Boom! Roasted. Next. Um, Not without paying first, no. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's a good point. No, um... Self-burn. Th- those are rare. <laughs> there are a lot... Sorry about the police... Or the um, ambulance siren, siren in the background. Why? Did you hurt that person? Editing. <sighs> She's calling my ships to the rocks. <laughs> what are we but talking no, about? There, there are some things that this game does right. The new season um, of Dexter. <laughs> I like how the journal is very easily laid out and the map is very very easily laid out so you can tell what it is you need to do next which is very user-friendly and i love the way the map is actually oriented it's like a uh i can't remember the specific name for it but it's like one of those 3d texture maps you would see in 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 primary school i know there's a specific name for it topographical yes thank you Mm -hmm. topographical map yeah it kind of looks similar to that and I love that because it's it's easy to see like oh, I might be able to actually climb over this area. And oh, like, I did I like think, that map. That was cool. Mm-hmm. I think back to um, we need more like topographical like maps. Topographical maps are dope. Yeah, but I I was thinking back sorry. to games like Skyrim where it's like yes, it shows that certain areas on are, are on a mountain, but you don't really know. So you do that. Elder Scrolls thing of just like trying to like figure out different parts of the mountain to like, jump can I climb and scale this part. <laughs> can I? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But this, I'm gonna game... Skyrim my way up this. That's the term we all started using. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. It's like I can't walk but... up it normally, but if I back my horse up the mountain, I can do it. <laughs> oh yeah, good good memories. But no, this <laughs> game because it has a topographical map, it's easier for you to see which like okay, I'm not going to be able to scale this area, so I'm going to have to go around. And it gives you plenty of time to plan that out, which is really nice. Also, another thing I like is because a lot of the side content is very superfluous in this game, and sometimes it can be overwhelming, I will admit that, but you don't have to do a lot of it, which is really nice. And um, on top of that, the combat system gets as intricate or not as you want it to be. You can engage and do all the combos and whatnot, or you can completely skip them and just play the game as a straight Rambo style, and it's perfectly fine. So um, I like the fact that you can adjust the text and the font in the game. Or not, sorry, not the font. You can adjust the text and the, the text size in the game. Um, you know what, guys? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> These guys are typing rude things privately, and you know what? No, I've been I'm, nice to their games all day. I'm just talking day. about old movies. That's yeah, not, I've come been on, nice man. to your guys' games all day. Well, all yeah, day. we picked good games. That's debatable. But, um, no, I'm, I mean, I'm fine with that. I didn't make the fucking game. I just want you guys to... No, I, we talked about this before. I, I'm really glad you liked Biomutant. I really am, because I, I could not vibe with it. Well, the thing is... I wanted like, to. There, it's not going to pop up a lot this year, unfortunately. There, there, are, there are very specific ways it's going to pop up, and this is one of the ones for me where yeah. um, 
I think it do, just in general, it does a really good job with onboarding people into the game and it makes it as immersive as you want it to be or as surface level as you want it to be. And maybe, maybe that's part of the, like one of the small reasons why you guys didn't vibe with it as much as I did is it doesn't feel as necessarily personalized or as in depth as it could be, which I remember rich vaguely you saying that it felt like they could have went a lot more in depth with a lot of those things. Maybe this accessibility is kind of one of the reasons why they didn't go as in depth and as they continue to figure out some of that stuff more, maybe that will be the result. But I'm sure a big part of it is also because um, it, it's one of those games where, budget. and this is completely unrelated to the accessibility. I remember saying this at the time. It's one of those games where I feel like I'm going to really like Biomutant 2, if that's ever a thing. I think if it does come out, then yeah. it's going to work out a lot of the kinks that this game has. It's a, or... it's a great blueprint. It feels more like a proof of concept. That's, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, anyways, uh, that's going to wrap up that category for now. Uh, I think that went off well. Minus the... I think so, too. Digs you guys took at my fucking game choice. That was my favorite part. (laughs) I'm sure it was. (laughs) Uh, Our last category before we uh, uh, embark into the next part of the show is favorite sound design. This has been a long-time category. It's fun. It stands out a little bit differently from soundtrack and songs and whatnot in terms of just what you're hearing in the world when you're playing the game, whether it's through your TV screen, whether it's through headphones, whether it's through it's like the speakers of the Switch, whatever, however you're playing this game. It's not just the music. Music is a small part of that, but it's how everything comes together, what you're sonically um, hearing, what you're auditorily hearing. Mm-hmm. How does that all kind of come together? And music is kind of, I think, on the lower end of that when I think about this category. I think more about um, different sounds or the way that sound is played within a game. Environmental sound. Yeah, that's a big part of it, yes. So, uh, Josh, kick us off. Your favorite sound design of 2021. Um, This was actually one of the easier uh, categories for me this year just because I feel like there is a big standout. Um, I agree. In, I wonder if it's the same game. In Returnal. Is it? We got something different. It, no, it's the same game. It's so I good. I also picked it Returnal. <laughs> the, the soundscape in this game is just outstanding. Um, they were able to make a game... A bullet hell over the shoulder shooter roguelike horror game that somehow sticks all of that, and I, I it's the horror glue that kind of holds it together, I think, and the sound design is such a massive part of that. Um, by that's a it's a must play with headphones. Like when you can hear like the way rain is falling on different surfaces behind you, and it's. It's atmospheric as hell, and the sound is a it does a lot of heavy lifting in that regard. Absolutely, um, and I think kind of on top of that, a lot of the sound you hear is from the controller itself, from from the the way the rumble is implemented in this, just sonically to to make it 
like yeah, feel like the, the rain sense. is dripping on your, your like your helmet visor as as you're going through these different places. Well, it, it, it's 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 so good. It is. Well, that's also the same thing with. Uh, I think we talked about this at the time, Josh. The it uses that that end up feeling like, and it's definitely what they're supposed to be environmentally like. Different pings and stuff from your spacesuit, like it mm-hmm. lets you know like cooldowns are off on certain abilities by like setting off tones and vibrations through the controller. That yeah. you could be like, okay, now my my R one ability is off cooldown, and y- it just it adds to the flow of play. Like using that sound design so cleverly. God damn, I need to go back to Returnal. Oh, I know, I know, it is so so good. Um. Yeah, I also need to go back now that I can save a run and I don't have to worry about it. You, yeah, you can save eating, your run Eating now. up a whole afternoon because I decide to start one run of it. Um, you can split it up if I need to. Um, th- that, that game is absolutely like just, just head and shoulders above like anything else that I experienced this year as far as the sound just absolutely drawing me into the game. Um. Yeah. Cool. Well, there we go. We knocked out two people's choice with one go. Uh, so we, that's Rich how we Josh, started, and that's how we ended. Mm-hmm. Rich and Josh picking Returnal for their favorite sound design of 2021. I went with. Um, I initially had a different game. I had Resident Evil Eight as uh my choice initially because that's it, good. It ha- it does it's a, a lot pick. of fun things. But then I actually remembered back to when Josh had said something and I couldn't shake that. And that's why it barred me. And I remembered him saying that when Lady Dimitrescu is walking through the castle, sometimes you hear her footsteps and you have no fucking clue where they're coming from. And it sounds like it's in the room with you, but then it sounds like it's above you. And I think sometimes they didn't quite optimize that as well as they could have. Um, it's not necessarily bad or game breaking by any mean it just i when i thought about that i was like you know what i actually have one example i think a little bit better but um for me it was metroid dread was uh this year's that's also really good there there are a lot of really cool things about it just the different noises that it makes when you use different abilities and i'm sure a lot of those are coming back from older games so oh, that's yeah. why I'm mentioning it at kind of the forefront now of this discussion. Um, as somebody who had not really been too engrossed in those games, and I think it was pretty cool to hear those in its entirety for the first time. And I think for a lot of people who are just being introduced to this series, they're going to feel similarly to the way I, I do as well. Um, I like a lot of the atmospheric sounds that are in there. It's, mm-hmm. it, they're subtle, like when you're like in, in the cave area it's a little bit more echoey when you're underwater as most games do when they are underwater it muffles a lot of the sounds but it does it in such a way that you can still hear everything you're doing like shooting your gun or um dashing underwater it's still clear but it's muffled at the same time it's it's i you know the production yeah, yeah. is there but for all all of the criticism that um this aspect of the game got and I don't disagree with it at all, um, but the 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 kill. I'm, how did I forget their names? I I remembered it up until ten seconds ago. They hate that. E, the the Chozo, e, Edie. Yeah, Emmy. 
Emmy, sorry, Emmy, yes, sorry. It's like Emmy or Edie, I can't remember which one it was. The no, Emmy's Edie's the robot that Seth Green fucks in Mass Effect. Exactly. <laughs> no, um, at the Emmys, you know, like, say what, what you right. will. Say what you will about their implementation, but the first few times you heard them, you heard the like it scares it like it unnerves you. Yeah, it really for sure. Yeah, their their sounds are excellent. Um, and and it's not only that too. It's like the areas that they're in because mm -hmm. it sounds like like there's this white noise that makes it feel like dead air when you're in Mm -hmm. these areas. And it's just like this, this like dead air feeling. And then you hear the echoing of the do, 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 as it's further away. And as it's getting closer to you, mm-hmm. it start like, it makes your heart beat faster. And you're like, fuck, fuck, something's coming. Like the first few times you experience that. <laughs> yeah. And then when it sees you, when, um, when the Emmy is close to you and gets in range and finally sees you, just the, the, the sound just completely shifts into um, something different. The music comes in and it's just like this jolt. And a large part of that is done sonically. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, that was one of the big standouts for me in Metroid Dread this year was the sound design. And so um, Resident Evil 8's a phenomenal game in that regard, but I think Metroid Dread was just a stronger game in this department sound design overall so yeah i think that's fair yeah yeah, yeah. i i there so, were some really good horror vibes as far as the sound design this year resident evil was really good I, i'm glad you brought that up it, moon down was another indie horror game with a really unique you know pencil drawn aesthetic that yeah. you you wouldn't think that the atmosphere sonically would be like super engrossing because of you know well look at this this aesthetic is not you know trying to be really <sighs> hyper realistic or anything but the, the the way that the sound also draws you into that world as well i, I feel like i feel like there's, there's a bunch of good examples of that about um it being used really well for fear this year like even like, another even metroid uh, dread like you said like it does well, that so well while you're on the while you're on the fear thing, I guess I, this would be a good opportunity to bring this one up because it was another close contender for me. Was actually um, Subway Midnight, and mm. the way that game uses kind of like the ominous sound of like an empty subway car and like that rattling uh, noise and just like breathing in the back and stuff in these like densely closed off areas. Yeah. Uh, it, it's like just densely packed from from densely packed areas to areas with no one in them and just the way those kind of play off each other. Yeah. That that's good. That, that's a good <laughs> mention. I sorry, I was laughing because I just watched uh the episode of It's Always Sunny season 14 where D is trying to virtue signal by wearing her plastic recy- recycled plastic shoes and mm-hmm. uh there it's like a climate change episode they're talking about that and the the bar is heating up and they need ice. So her and Charlie go to the store to get some ice and she's trying to avoid the bus desperately. And um, because she's like, everybody's always breathing in there and everybody's breath smells. And basically they go and get ice, come back and it's melted. And so they have to go back again and they decide to take the bus. And there's a scene where there's this massive guy just going, 
oh, right in her face, and she's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and she does have her you, typical d gag. Let me ask uh, you: Have you have you started season fifteen yet? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm that's so why. Good. That's why I've been. Uh, I never finished fourteen. I think I got to like seven, and then I, I stopped watching because they were still being released, uh, the, and then I forgot about it. So I'm finishing the last the, few episodes. The the gang recaps twenty twenty premiere is is so good. I'm hyped. I'm so excited. Um, have you been listening to their podcast that they just dropped? I haven't started it yet, but I, I do want to get into that. It's real good. I will say that. But um, so we're gonna take one more quick break, and then what we're gonna be doing. When we come back, um, is we are going to be picking uh, the site-wide choices for each category. So more on that when we come back from the break. So stay tuned. Hey there. Welcome. If you found this, you must be listening to The Chompcast. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here. I know you're wondering... Hey, shit! Tell them about the other podcast! (sighs) Yes, I know you're wondering... What else could I listen to? Don't forget the other podcast. What else could I possibly listen to from these guys? Shut the fuck up. I'm about to tell them. As I was saying, if you want more content from us and you want to hear us talk more about video games, head over to SoreChomp.com where you can check out our other podcasts such as Chomping After Dark, a spoiler cast that deep dives on various games and movies, and Evoking the Sublime, where Shay breaks down the history and creation of a video game, often paired with interviews from various developers. Thank you, and enjoy. And we're back with... The first week of the Game of the Year talks. So, from this point on, we will be respectfully discussing what we think should win the category for 2021 until we have a consensus. Respectfully. Yes. We will go down the list and decide each category as it came up in the episode. For obvious reasons, um, that that being that it's a personal category. God damn, I'm going to redo that part. Sorry. No, you're not. Keep it in. (laughs) For obvious reasons... In that it's a personal category, we will be omitting favorite game that you played this year that wasn't released in 2021 from the discussion. We will also be keeping favorite song and favorite soundtrack to one instead of three, just so we can expedite things a little bit. And it's a little bit difficult, I think, to pick a top three. So um, I'm trying to think of, is there anything else that I need to mention before we launch into this? Um, this if you've listened to the show before this is always the most usually the most entertaining aspect of the show um i don't think it's going to be as heated or as contentious as previous years but we'll see we've said that every year and it always gets more and more contentious so we'll see what happens but um anyways so favorite voice acting performance just as a recap to remind the listeners and us both of you had drax from guardians of the galaxy and i had uh Lady Dimitrescu from Resident Evil 8 as played by Maggie Robertson. I think I'm probably going to be fighting a losing battle as both of you had Drax on the list, so... Um, I, I have no context with Drax. The, I, I, the only argument I, I guess I could make here is that I don't have that, but both of you and I ha- all have um, 
context with Lady Dimitrescu. That's fair. Um, I don't know. I I feel very strongly about the Drax thing, and like I, I see where you're coming from with Lady Dimitrescu, but it also feels like weirdly like an afterthought to me, and that's probably just my take. Where I'm like. Yeah, that was probably the best performance in that game, but everybody's just like an over-the-top anime villain in that game. Not that I think that's bad. Yeah. It just, um, nothing majorly stuck out to me in it. I, I'll, I'll counter your point with one simple fact of who is a meme and who wasn't. I'm, I'm gonna um, counter that fact with, were, the, were those audio memes, or, uh, or, or maybe was there a physical component? Oh, well, here, I'll counter your point, Josh. Or visual components, <laughs> gonna, rather. That's going to be the thing this year. I'll counter your point. Uh, I'll counter your point with uh, every time I saw those physical memes, I could auditory, auditorily hear her voice in my head. Your experiences are not universal. Oh, hmm. that's right. Is that what they mean by anecdotal evidence doesn't qualify as evidence? I, it's along the same Someone lines. told me that, but I, I couldn't verify it. Yeah. They were well, some Josh, fucking... <laughs> Josh, do you feel similarly to Rich very strongly about Drax um, and Dimitrescu as an afterthought? Yes. I mean, there, like I said, there were a lot of really good performances this year. Um, but th- I felt like that was the standout in a game that is filled with good performances, and that, that's kind of yes. why it stuck out to me. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of... Yes, yeah, for the, for that reason his performance really stuck out. Um Yeah. There's there's a lot of stiff competition for this one though. Like there's some excellent voice acting this year. Um in in various places kind of all over. Mm. It was a skill being shown off. Um Okay. Well, I, Maggie... I, I, feel, I feel less strongly than Rich about Drax. Like, I could be convinced of others, but I still... I, like, I've been singing really this since like the that. day that game came out. <laughs> yeah. I, obviously, I liked it enough for it to be my pick. So. <clears throat> I actually didn't know this. Uh, Maggie Robertson was also one of uh, Donna Benevi- Beneviento's dolls uh, in Resident Evil Village as well. So she was mm-hmm. two voices. I'm trying to remember doll. which doll she was. It was, it was um, because I remember this back when I played it. I'm, I'm blanking now, but yeah. Anyway, it's not like we the could dollhouse. differentiate cool. the dolls in an audio format podcast particularly well. Anyway, so yeah. Um, one thing I will say that's pretty cool is this is Maggie Robertson's first foray into voice acting. Really? That was her first ever role for that. And I was trying to look up the uh, voice actor for uh, Drax in the video game. Jason Cavalier? That guy. (laughs) That guy. He's He's done a lot of other stuff, though, I believe. Uh, He has. uh, Hold on, let me see. I had something saved here. He was in X-Men. Did you know that? Yep, he was in Titans, which is a TV show, not a video game. That's true. Yeah, he's been in a lot of TV shows as well. And 
So that's interesting. I don't know. I think it'd be cool to give it to Maggie Robertson just because obviously it's my choice, but also because she's a newcomer and she did such a good job. But if you guys feel passionately about Drax, I will let this one go because I want I want to fight more for other things later on. And we'll give you the the time to fight. Um, I yeah. mean, I, f- I feel like she was good. She just wasn't a huge standout for me, so that's why I'm 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 gonna kind of impassionedly push for Drax in this one because just delivery on everything from emotionally charged moments to that dry sort of indifference is just he's so good across the board. Okay. That's fine. I'm no. willing to let this one go, even though I'd never played the game, as we're <laughs> representing Swordchomp as a whole. <laughs> as long uh, as you remember that I made this concession in the event that... Already forgotten. <laughs> Suck it. <clears throat> okay. So Water Drax... the bridge, buddy. Drax from Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy is in the book for her favorite voice acting performance of 2021. Favorite menu screen music is next on the docket. And just as a reminder, Josh had Chicory, Rich had Eastward, I had Cyber Shadow. I am so comfortable with any one of these fucking games taking it. That's the wildest thing. I I loved... Yeah, they're all really good. Oddly enough, on my short list for this is another one I'm not going to fight for at all, but just within the game like really stand i really liked the main screen like right when you start up the game of uh last stop you just had a really strong oh, okay any anyway just throwing that one out there strange, all right let's give it to that no. strange thing to <laughs> anyway okay well um i the hmm. way i i could see this potentially going is probably going to eastward or cyber shadow because i i've never heard the chicory startup music and i do i think chicory will have its its place in later in this episode i have no frame of reference for the that but i do have frame yeah i think that's fair Eastward and cyber shadow yeah yeah and i'm i'm either one of those is 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 really good um i think what it kind of comes down to for me is like josh do you feel particularly strongly about one over the other I mean, I'd kind of give it to Eastward because, like I said before, I really like that anime intro thing they've got going on that kind of gives you the full range of where this mm-hmm. game is taking you. Um, I don't know. It just, that kind that does that that does some you know gives me some warm fuzzies. It's funny you mentioned that because uh, Tales of Arise was almost my choice for this category. Because it has an anime intro opening, <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah. And then also the me- actual menu screen music is very akin to like a, a Skyrim when you start it up. Mm. And I sure. loved that one as well. But um, that's just, I, I'm just a random aside. I had forgotten to mention that. But um, I, I kind of want to give it to Cyber Shadow just simply because of the fact that I don't see it winning a lot of awards i think eastward's gonna come up again and i think that's why part of me also could see that i'm I, but i'm in we, a similar vein to... but also i'd like it seems strange to be giving concession awards well as... that's that's what i was just yeah. gonna say we, we discussed like if it's this eastward, in the past it's eastward. concession awards yeah i i i i i could definitely go with eastward eastward's fucking phenomenal it was obviously it was my fucking pick um <laughs> yeah 
I personally re- remember the Cyber Shadows um, menu screen music a little bit better, but I'm not sad about giving it to Eastward if that's what, where, we, where we end up deciding it. I yeah. think, cyber, like, the one thing I would say is I think Eastward has a lot of really good music, and I think its best music is outside of the menus, where I think, honestly, Cyber Shadow has a lot of amazing music, but the best music in that was actually the menu screen music. In it my is really strong. Opinion. It is strong in that game yeah. as a... Yeah, that's a good argument for that one because yeah, that it's yeah, it it does hype you up going into the game, but I, I kind of feel like that's kind of what all these options did really well. Um, that yeah. like, they did a good job getting you ready to, to go into the game. That's you know, no, behind it, no doubt. So I I just think the menu screen music in Cyber Shadow is. So- in a lot of ways stronger than a lot of the music that comes after it. Whereas uh, that, the opposite would be said. I mean, I think the Cyber Shadow soundtrack is phenomenal all the way through. Oh, I do. I think so too, but I think It is a banger of a menu theme. I'm not going to disagree with that. I might have to lean towards Cyber Shadow the more I think about it. <laughs> Fuck. But actually, Eastward, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what are you doing, Shay? You already got it. Um, I do think Eastward is going to pop up more. Which is why I feel less guilty about arguing against it. I'm not trying to give Cyber yeah. Shadow a concession here. I just I no, feel no, like yeah. be- because it's going to come up that I think that Cyber Shadow should win here because it is the strongest. That is the strongest music in the game for me. I I can live with that. Same. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the unfortunate part of this process is somebody's choice always gets left out but you know i like we always come up with strong second choices i think for most of us you know yeah so i think eastward is all three of those were were phenomenal choices in my opinion even though i didn't hear the chicory one i i I assume it's really good from hearing the rest of the music so far that i've heard okay this one is going to be really difficult. I think this is going to be the hardest category. Yeah, I think this is the hurdle to overcome. I think this one we table for now and we come back to this one. This is the finisher? I think this is the finisher. Okay, that, that's fine. Okay. Um, favorite soundtrack, I think it's going to be a little bit easier. Uh, Josh had Kenna, Eastward, and Chicory in that order from three to one. Rich had Cyber Shadow, Death's Door, and Eastward. And I had Genesis Noir, Psychonauts 2, and Narita Boy. So the only similarity through all of our lists is Eastward, popping up on Josh's at number two and Rich's at number one. And to be honest with you, as much as I love Psychonauts 2 and as much as I love Narita Boy and as much as I really enjoy Genesis Noir, I'm 100% comfortable with giving it to Eastward. I, I had a feeling that I was going to sweep it in here, and I do think, even even though it didn't make your list, Shay, we've all talked like really passionately about Eastward at some point today, so I, I, I think Eastward is a lock for this one. And to I'm not honest, just saying that because it's my number one. Well, to be honest with you, had I played this game and finished it weeks before this podcast, I would have been able to sit with the music a lot more, and probably it would have taken the place of Genesis Noir in my top three. But mm-hmm. I, I haven't finished the game. I'm realistically not that far into the game. So I, it, it was hard for me to put it on any of my lists simply because of the fact of recency bias. But the music I've experienced thus far is incredibly strong. So I'm completely okay with that. 
eastward it is then. Yeah. <laughs> Josh doesn't even have to speak. He's like, yep. <laughs> He's like, yeah, no, that's correct. <laughs> we got it right. All right. So most accessible game between Ratchet and Clank a Rift Apart from Josh, Guardians of the Galaxy from Rich and Biomutant, uh, a, an apparent pile of shit that I chose. Um, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so this one's going to be interesting. I, you know, I'm trying to be as objective as I can. I didn't play um, either Ratchet and Clank or Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't feel that strongly about Biomutant. I've given it its due in my personal list. I'm okay with settling on one of your guys's because honestly, both of those games sound like they're doing a little bit more for accessibility than my choice. Um, I don't know if you lean particularly hard one way when you think about it at the end of the day, Josh, because I, I think both Guardians and Ratchet are both really good picks for mostly the same reasons. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um... Honestly, if for me to have a strong opinion about this, I'd probably need to go back and relook and look at, at all them side the by settings side. side by side, um, because they they did both do a really good job of allowing you to tweak the experience to make it something doable for you, which which I like. Um, like that's 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 the goal, um, and I think mm. I think they both basically, you know, they met it so. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I don't know. So, I, I don't know. I don't have, I have the, the only thing I'll say is I, I kind of lean towards guardians because like I just yesterday, I went back to look at that accessibility stuff and like the sheer like minuscule level you can get into to tweak numbers of like mm-hmm. how enemies react and how enemies hit and stuff. I don't think ratchet gets quite that in depth. I don't think it needs to based off ratchet's gameplay. But just that that level of it is is insanely impressive to me. Mm-hmm. I can see this that. is more going to be a discussion between you two. Yeah, like because... I, yeah. Again, like I like like my intro to this when when I was talking about my choice. Like it, it's hard for me to pick a clear winner because it's gotten so much better across the board this year. Yeah. Um, it's a good problem to have. It, yeah, no, it, it it really is. It really is. Um, I don't have a strong enough opinion to argue for mine. Is kind of where I'm at. Is is like I because I I feel like they both did a really good job with it. Um. Yeah. Um. I mean, if you're comfortable, then then I I think we could say Guardians and give Ratchet a pat on the back because nobody should feel like a loser in this category. Just the fact that you got brought up, like everybody did something pretty goddamn cool yeah I'm, I'm trying to think if there's i don't know like shay bringing up chicory kind of made me really think about that as far as doing something completely different in in the, sure. in the field by having such granular content warnings um in it which... yeah that's that's a good point i i'd even be willing to lean towards that but it's one of those things where like it's not even like Shay could weigh in on that point because he hasn't played that one either. So, um, yeah. <laughs> it's not like we're getting a fresh perspective to lean it in the other direction. Yeah. And it would just be kind of wild for you and me to both be like, all right, not the game either of us picked. Yeah. Well, um, any thoughts, Shay? 
fucking... God, it's like watching two Canadians try to pick where to go out to eat. Yeah. Oh, uh, argue over who's the most sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm, no, I'm let me, sorry. Let me get the door for you. No, no, after you. Uh, let's give it to Ratchet and Clank. Okay. All right. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chase I mean, the decider. I like that's how we're picking things. <laughs> we just needed an impartial third party to pick. Yeah. You know what's kind of um, funny is like so the viewers funny. can't see this. I got to see this because I have like my document on the left hand side where Josh's face and body and his his uh, screen is, and on the right hand side I have riches, but the left is being covered by my document that I'm taking notes on. So it's just riches. And as I said that, Rich's face went through a wide range of emotions. Like he, he's listening, he's trying to comprehend, and he's like, uh, all in his face went in the span of the time I said that to when he responded. I could see a, what the fuck? How could he betray me? Is this really okay? Yeah, I can accept that. All within the span of like a second and a half. All his face expressed all of so that. A lot, I, I was second. processing. I was processing. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is I had to think about like how I almost made an impassioned plea for Ratchet and Clank, where I was like, "Well, it's a PS5 game, and it's cool to see the new console generation leading the way." <laughs> like I had the speech to argue for the game that wasn't mine. It's uh, so funny. Well, that was nice of you. That was nice yeah. of you because that's what ended up winning. So thanks to you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so in a way, we're all winners. That's right. Now. I am going to be fighting an uphill battle, but this is, this is one I may go to bat for, is uh, favorite sound design. Josh and Rich both had Returnal. I had Metroid Dread. Again, it's, it's kind of tough because I didn't play Returnal due to not having a PS5. You both played Metroid Dread, as did I. The thing that sucks here is I don't think you're wrong about Metroid Dread. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. But the shit that Returnal does is so... But like it was one of those things, and you might remember us talking about this, like when that game came back way, way back when this game came out, that we were like, "This is what next gen is." Like that was the conversation around that because it was so insane. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I guess this would actually be a knock against what we we picked for the last category, but <laughs> I'm gonna make the case anyways because this is one I actually care about. Um, sure. I think Metroid, even though this is not the category and that you guys are right, and maybe I'm being a piece of shit for saying this, <laughs> more people had access, access to Metroid Dread because more mm -hmm. people have Switches. So yeah, more lots people of warehouses had access to Returnal. <laughs> uh, more people played Metroid Dread, more people have been able to experience that sound design and appreciate its brilliance. Yeah, whereas more people Returnal, played it muted on a commute. You should have argued for this in accessibility because the game is more accessible. Well, that's true. That's true. But uh, but don't. I'm saying, you know, we we didn't even think about that. Finding a PS a PS Five is not very accessible. That's uh, <laughs> so Ratchet can't get that. Yeah, there's, award there's, there's no way that game can get that. Who 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 even can access Ratchet and Clank at this point? Just, yeah, Josh and I are are two of the six people that played that game. Yeah, was, man, we just major bias there that we missed out on. Yeah, it was us, Morgan, Elon Musk, mm -hmm. um, and Gary Busey. <laughs> we all know Gary Busey isn't getting jobs anymore. No, actually, he is somehow, but um, he's at home playing sick PS5 games. 
Mm -hmm. I, <laughs> yeah. It's like, this one's hard for me because I really do care about sound design a lot. And I've, I've actually started to care more and more about it the longer we've done this podcast because mm -hmm. I, I actually, you know, I start thinking, I've, I've, I've started evaluating this a lot more in the lo a lot of the movies I watch and a lot of the games I play and a lot of the music that I listen to. It's something that I picked up on over the years, the podcasts I listen to. And it, it matters a lot to me because I will fall off of stuff now if the sound design isn't great. If the audio production is shit, it's pretty um, shitty of you. You know, like yeah. uh, there's a podcast that I really love, and this is completely anecdotal. Um, it's uh, the Friendship Onion. It's with uh, Dominic Monahan and Billy Boyd, the two two of the hobbits from Lord of the Rings. Consistently, their, their audio production is ass, but I I love I love the content. But I've skipped complete episodes because I'm like, this audio production is pure shit. I'm not listening to that for an hour. Like, mm. I've gotten to that it point. Does get, I've, I've it, yeah, got, it's rough when that happens. I've gotten a little snooty sometimes. And I, I, think I hate they could get somebody to handle that. that. And that's what bothers me. It's like, well, how do we have better audio production? It's cause Josh because is Josh is neurotic. OCD and put off everything else team. until three minutes before it's done. Yeah, you know why? Because Josh has a real problem. Mm-hmm. He's he's the solution. But no, uh, when it comes to favorite sound design, they should get Josh to do it. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. But to me, like this one matters that we all. Uh, to me, it matters that we all have played the game. And like, it's not even that Metroid Dread. Like, if you guys have a different game that you feel that that pushes that boundary or is. At, look. At, at the excellent uh, category of this, I'm fine with it not being Metroid Dread. My only problem is I didn't play Returnal, and a lot of the world didn't play Returnal. And that, that shouldn't necessarily bar that, that the world didn't, but with it being a Sword Chomp award, I'm okay with um, making some concessions. I think this one I'm going to have a harder time making a concession on, point being. I, I got there. Yeah. It took yeah, me yeah. a while, but... I mean... Like I mentioned before, there was a lot of good horror sound design. I really liked Returnal. Like, I, I could... really liked Moon Down. Inscription has excellent sound design. Yeah, we want to talk about more games shaded in play. I think Inscription gets it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's an, I mean, like, I could see Resident a lot of my standouts are, are in sound design are, are things Morgan or things Shay hasn't played yet, which is wait till we get to some later tough. episodes when I'm like Inscription is the game of the year, and I will not budge. <laughs> Well, that, that was the point of you guys here. supposed to getting me lists so I could play games so we could have these discussions. Yeah, you got two weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that one. Honestly, like, if we're going to, if we're going to, and this is, I, I, I'm trying to say this in a way that doesn't make me sound like I'm a bitter asshole because I'm not. Um, what I'm trying to say is, like, yeah, if we're, if we're like, qualifying as saying, like, I understand where Shay's coming from. And saying we definitely want it to be something we've all played. I'm comfortable with it being Metroid Dread. I think Metroid Dread has some really good sound design. I feel like a ton of people are missing out on that because they're playing it in handheld without headphones. Yeah. And I don't recommend you do that. Agreed. But uh, I, I, I think Metroid Dread would have... Metroid Dread was on my short list for this, but Returnal, in my opinion, just blew it out of the water. But I understand why we're like kind of removing that from the equation in, in this particular instance. Yes, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm basically in the same spot. I feel like. I feel like. 
again, like Returnal, I think is excellent, excellent. But if we're saying that everyone has to have played it, Metroid Dread was still excellent sound design. Um, yeah, I I think it's a bet. I think it's a better look for us as a whole to as best as we can reach out. Like th- there are going to be certain times, like um, Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. I- I'm fine with letting that go. Like voice acting as much as I like voice acting, that one's not as big of a category to me. Whereas something and I feel also, like sound design is a much bigger one, a more important one. And also, I feel like it's probably one of those things, like if we were to be like, let's take a 20 minute break and you just watched a bunch of YouTube clips, I think we could convince you to come around on it in your own personal opinion. Yeah, I, pr- I probably could. I probably could. And like something like a Returnal in terms of sound design, I think that's something you really have to experience you know that's and I when think, you eventually get a ps5 and you do experience oh, yeah. it i think you'll be like damn they were right but <laughs> i'm not gonna sit here and harp on that for a fucking hour you know well, well there there were uh there was at one point we had a category where it's like if you could like add or change something that you wouldn't have nor like for example this year let's say i decided for me that the favorite sound design was metroid dread and i finally play returnal and i'm like oh shit i was wrong it's definitely returnal we've talked about like it doesn't actually change anything but as a fun like thought experiment going back and saying yeah you know i had an experience that it should have been returnal unfortunately it is what it is because like i could go back and definitely change my my top five for of games considering i've played the messenger and a plague tale at this point my mm. lists would definitely be changed but yeah yeah but for mm. what you played at the time it's not not that's yeah, not a exactly. thought experiment worth like it, well not not worth having but yeah irrelevant um exactly I'm, if you guys all I think Metroid Dread probably would have been like in the top three at least for me and I'm perfectly comfortable giving this to Metroid Dread I think I think it mm-hmm. deserves it okay. yeah no that's, I feel so, bit, that's where I'm at I feel a slight bit like an asshole because I know it was the number one pick for both of you guys, but just for the sake of representing us as a whole, I think Metroid <laughs> Dread makes a little bit more sense. Had we done a top three for this category, Metroid Dread would have been on there for me. So I am, I am comfortable going with that. Yes. Okay. okay. The last category that we saved for the end, because I think it's going to... We're either going to have the longest discussion or the shortest discussion with this one, is Favorite Song of the Year. There is literally zero overlap, and I think that makes sense because music is such a personal thing, and a song is even more so. The only similarities I can see is you both have a track from Eastward. That is it. I'm comfortable taking any song from the Eastward soundtrack. You guys figure the rest of it out. Yeah. <laughs> well, if if you had, it, Rich, if you had gotten to the point of Genesis Noir, I think I would push for that one further just because sure. of the way that's implemented. But I obviously know because you didn't play that for just the reason we just said on the last category makes no sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, Psychonauts 2 is a phenomenal soundtrack. I don't think I'm going to be able to convince you guys of anything from that. I think that's a great soundtrack too. But yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely not at the top of my list this year. Exactly, and Flynn of Sun, Sun and Crimson, Mistral Peak is only me. So, um, Kenna, you guys had both played. That was Josh's number three choice. Chicory, uh, I did like the music that I heard from Chicory. I will admit that. All that I, stuff is great music, but like the thing that always comes back to it's like the same reason we went with best soundtrack for it. Like Eastward is a kick-ass soundtrack, and we've all at least put a a 
good chunk of time into it. True. Um, mm-hmm. Well, if that's if that's where we're at, then we're gonna, you guys are gonna have to decide which song you guys want to put up for that. I feel. <sighs> here's I, here's what I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna jump out ahead and say I think that Strange Quest, as much as I love Indoor. I wouldn't, yeah, I think that's fair. And I was actually going to lean, to, the, the two that stick out to me is like for meeting in the middle somewhere. I yeah. really like Strange Quest. It's a good song. Another like top three for me in there. And I totally understand Indoor not being like that one is the main theme, Eastward. That one's solid. I could see, I've got a bunch of them actually. I, I had, because I didn't want us to have overlap for songs, I had a bunch of backups in case you picked one that I had. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like personally, I really like twisted justice, which is kind of the bad guy theme. Um, I had twisted justice on a short list as well as go. Daniel was on a short list. I kind of thought you were going to pick go. Daniel actually. It was very what, close to being that. Um, Oh, there's so many. There's so many. Like, well, I that's could, because, I, and this will come up in future episodes. Daniel's really good. Yeah. Uh, can also see Arben, Iron Carbine. Uh, I don't know. Do we? What? Pull this thing out. Silence. Yeah, we're just taking it all in. I was even. Mm. I like. Obviously, it's going to be from Eastward. Um, Greenberg's another one that stays with me on the more yeah. mellow end of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Instead of narrowing it down, just keep naming. Yeah, more exactly. Songs. We, we we end up end up naming the entire soundtrack by the time we're done here. Um, it's a huge soundtrack. I'm curious. Okay, so our best song of last year, and the only reason why I'm bringing this up is to see if like there's a path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you say? Is to fill time. Something <laughs> here at this point. Yeah, "Stay Forever" by Paradise Killer, and that was really controversial at the time because that was. I don't know if you guys remember this point when we were doing that episode. It was it was bopping. I remember just throwing my headphones off and just like fucking jamming and, and shit. And didn't Josh and I just pile on about Paradise Killer? And I was like reminiscing to like drinking cocktails on my patio while yep. playing that game. And I'm like, yes. that game fucking rocks. Yeah, yeah that and- that the whole soundtrack is great in that too. But I feel like that song stood out so so much that it was it was an easier single I- song choice. <sighs> I've got these going in my headphones right now, and I know I'm probably not gonna get any pushback on this from either of you. I think I am kind of leaning towards like giving it to Strange Quest. I, it, like, That's a bop that, of a track. Doesn't that kind of just feel more like? I mean, I know that I feel, East, it's East a good Word encapsulation the of the, the whole soundtrack, like intro. Yes. So it kind of gets you the whole feeling of it. But like, I I think it's it's either Eastward or it's Strange Quest. Those are the two that like encapsulate that soundtrack to me. Yeah, that's kind of why. The one I, thing the one I will I say. The one thing I will say about this um, <laughs> particular song. Is yeah. I also looking back from earlier in the conversation today? It's the one that generated the most conversation between the three of us. That particular song. Yeah. I I, I mean think other that's other it. than I, the one I think that that's the I one. accidentally had put on there from Chicory. <laughs> also, you know, it's that one. 
I mean, it's, it's the song we accidentally <laughs> accidentally brought up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that is also true. But that no, be... I think if it's if it's between those two tracks on Eastward, as much as I like, um, Rich's choice, which was uh, what was the name of that song, Rich? Indoor. Uh, Indoor and I yeah. I love that song, but I I wouldn't even can think it would be like in the conversation for being like our overall website song of the year, because it's so specific to me in terms of being like, it's mellow. It's not that like bop, but something about it just resonates with me. Look, I love that song. And I've been playing Eastward a lot mm-hmm. the past few days. Cause I've, I've been trying, I was hoping I could at least catch up enough to where I could talk about this. Cause I knew it was going to come up on game of the year discussion. I didn't feel comfortable putting it on my list, but I felt comfortable enough talking about it yeah. at this current point that that is a very strong track and it's one of my favorite tracks from that game. But also I think it to me, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. I said the same thing about uh, strange quest that both of those tracks really wear their influences on their sleeves. But to me, strange quest stood out more in that it took its influences and made it its own. Whereas um, indoor is a, it's a really good track and I really like it a lot, but it reminds me so much of Minecraft that it, it just doesn't have enough of a standout in my opinion. No, I, I think that's totally fair. And I, I, I do at this point, like I'm, I've convinced myself in my head, I've done the mental gymnastics. <laughs> I think it's strange quest. Okay. Josh, do you want to change it to something else? I'm fine with that, unless, like we said, we wanted to do the one we accidentally picked, if we just wanted to go with A Colorful Tale, just because it's so funny. (laughs) I just want to get on the list. That is funny, but I want to get as many awards as I possibly can to Eastward. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, I think that game is going to be another one of those games where we champion that game, and it's going to go criminally underrated. It's it's the Hades of 2021. I would say it's more like the Ickenfell of 2021, but, you know. Okay, that's fair. Because I feel like that game is never... Ickenfell's never going to get the, <laughs> the dues it deserves, ever. Uh, I think Eastward more so has, though, even not quite... like Not like a Hades level, obviously. Uh, but uh, I've heard a certain degree of people talking about Eastward more than Ickenfell, which sucks for Ickenfell more than anything. But yeah. I, 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 think, I, think, I think we got it, guys. I think it's a lock. Okay. Yeah, cool. I'm fine with that. I am too, you know. Um, okay, well, there you have it. Let me read the uh, group choices, and they are locked in at this point. No take backs. Favorite voice acting performance is late. I'm sorry, is uh, late Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. Wishful thinking in my head. Jason Cavalier. Mm-hmm. Jason. Just Cavalier. want to make sure we're getting yes, his name yes, in there. Yeah, so Jason for- Cavalier is the voice of Drax. Favorite menu screen music: Cyber Shadow. Favorite song, Strange Quest from Eastward. Favorite soundtrack, Eastward. Most accessible game, not Eastward. In fact, it was Ratchet and Clank, A Rift Apart. And uh, favorite (laughs) sound design was Metroid Dread. Returnal. (laughs) Was almost (laughs) Returnal, but is Metroid Dread. Missed it by this much. This much. (laughs) No, but... um, yeah, those are our choices for week one. They are locked in on this mm-hmm. first exciting week of the Dagger Tooth Awards. So congratulations. That was very pleasant, to- you guys. What? Yeah. That was yeah, very was. pleasant. Yeah, it was. This is a pleasant conversation. It was nice. It was nice. So uh, congratulations to each and every one of the win- winners. I will be uh, 
making some social media stuff for that this week and announcing the week one winners um, later this coming week. So congratulations right. to each and every one of you. So Woo. that's going to do it for the show. Um, we've been here a long time, a lot longer than I thought we would have been, to be honest. What? With Just you. like four hours. Right, exactly. So <laughs> as I said at the beginning of the show, if you like this episode, please like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, leave us a kind rating because it helps us move up the charts. And these are the shows that we like to kind of showcase what we do because I think they're a good um, example of the kind of conversations that we have here and just our love for video games. So helps us out there. You can head over to swordchomp.com where you can check out more podcasts from us. We have the new podcast, Chomping at the Bits, uh, Rich's new podcast, which is a historical relevancy, history and historical relevancy deep dive on a particular game. He has Street Fighter 1 and 2, that is going to be dropping here very soon. The next week or so, yeah. There you go. Uh, we also have Chomping After Dark, where is a spoiler cast. We look at the story and we kind of reflect upon that, which we're going to be recording a new episode for that right after this. And we also have our temporarily shelved Evoking the Sublime, where I interview game developers about the creation and history of their video games. Woo! Also, we have an article section uh, where we review games. And we also talk about various things in terms of video games. Uh, we're going to be having our personal top 10 video games of the year list. That is going to be going up on there, hopefully by the end of the year, no later than that. So be on the lookout for that. And Rich is going to be having a review going up very soon about a particular game. So that should be going. I think, yeah, we, we could say what it is. I just can't talk about anything else. For oh, okay, it. go for it. So, yeah, uh, I'm currently delving into Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon uh, from our good friends over at Yacht Club, who we just talked a shitload of stuff about Cyber Shadow, which is another Yacht Club joint. Um, it is a Shovel Knight spinoff, a puzzle fighter adjacent sort of game. Um, uh, did, did they just publish cyber shadow they published cyber shadow they okay. did not develop it all right just, just wanted to clarify there since yeah, we are they, doing game of the year and trying to hand yeah, out we, credit to yes no fair point due. um yes they're the publishers of cyber shadow whereas they're the publishers and developers of uh shovel knight cool. pocket dungeon yeah so that'll be going up here very soon whenever Rich has had his fill of that game, whether it's... That, uh, it should be, embargo is, uh, it's out December 13th, and I believe that's when the embargo is up, so that's when you can expect to see that on the site. Perfect. Perfect. So you can check out our reviews and articles at the article section. Also, we have awesome merch that you can check out. I recently posted about it on social media. Um... Our merch is awesome. I have three different styles of our merch, and I love each and every one of them. And I'm not biased in any way, shape, or form. But if you end up buying any merch, um, I try and cue everybody in for the sales when we have them. If you buy anything, let us know, and we want to post about it on social media. So send us a picture, and we'd love to feature you on for that. Last but not least, if you really enjoyed the show and you want another way to support us, want to help us keep things going, be able to expand what we do here because that's what we're always looking to do. Um, we want to bring people on board. We want to make more merchant ideas, things like that. You can head over to patreon.com slash swordchomp 
where you can support us. There are many different tiers from the $1 tier upwards to the $20 tier. Um, and you get rewards for that. So not only are you supporting something that you enjoy, but you also get benefits from that. So head over there and check it out um, if you, you know, really want to keep this thing going. So we, we very much appreciate that. Um, one thing I want to mention is we did not do uh, Patreon shoutouts last month. I had forgotten to do that during the um, last show that we recorded. We had pre-recorded that show. So um, my idea, and this is something I actually haven't talked about with the guys, but I will get them on board because they are always on board when I want to do these things, is um, I'm thinking about doing another Patreon-only show or some kind of special shout-out for them. So I we're going to do that as kind of a combining of November and December and at the end of uh, the third week of our Game of the Year show, I will also be shouting them out there in a special mm-hmm. segment as well. So um, I wanted a full disclosure on that. I had missed that last month, and that was 100% on me. Uh, the other two had nothing to do with that. So I apologize to our patrons for missing that last month. Uh, we will be making it up to you. So I will be queuing you guys in as soon as possible on that. So anyways, uh, that's going to do it for the show. We need to get out of here. We have another podcast to record. It's been four hours. You know how things be here with uh, Sword Chomp, but thank mm-hmm. you so much for checking Wouldn't out. Wouldn't be the- shopping. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for checking out the first week of the Dagger Tooth Awards, uh, the Game of the Year Awards we have here at Sword Chomp. I want to thank you to Josh being here from North Carolina, Rich being here from New York, me being here from Japan. Uh, we will be back next week with a whole other set of categories. So come back, be safe out there, make sure you don't punch anyone when you're shopping, because you know what, that leads to you not being able to listen to the podcast, so please don't do that. And not if you win. We will catch you on the next episode of the Chompcast. Take care. <laughs>